0: Welcome back to 21 Tango. My co-host MJ and I will discuss casino table games topics and share our personal and professional insights in the casino world. Let's dance. Cool. So we are back for episode nine. Feeling great. What are you up to feeling great feeling good? How are you? you (laughs) do 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 yeah we uh we got the the last episode out released yesterday we're recording another one already so that's kind of you know a quick turnaround for us that's good hopefully we can get in continue this pace
1: yeah we're looking to churn them out we got a little uh a little help now and uh with audio engineering side and uh we're looking to churn out some more content for everybody thanks to everybody who joined in the discord got a couple new uh discord members
0: yeah, some good questions popping up in there too. I'm excited to get into some of those in this episode.
1: Yeah, keep sending anything, any questions, even if it's not casino related or if it's loosely casino related, because when we get uh, good questions and good observations on stuff, it's uh, it motivates us. BMG09 in the Discord sent a lengthy in a
0: good way uh, message. I'll start, uh, we'll start off. You want me to read it out? Yeah, go ahead. So BMG09 says, last episode, towards the end of the pod, you guys were talking about slot machines a little bit. As a recreational player, I don't see the inside of a casino a lot. Over the past few years, local slot machines have been taking over bars, gas stations, restaurants. If slot machines are being more available slash convenient to consumers and players, do you guys think other forms of gambling will follow suit? Is it just a trendy eye candy thing at the moment? Why do I have the option of playing video poker while eating my Casey's breakfast pizza at 6am on my way to work? I see a lot of dying businesses going to video poker slash slots to keep the doors open it's getting so bad with these machines i'm surprised they aren't in laundromats or home depots also if 21 tango had the chance to own or operate a small gambling spot as experienced players and dealers what kind of setup would you guys have or feel like would produce the best kind of passive income i feel like this could be a very intricate interesting thing to speculate which i agree with bmg09 seems like we'll be able to have a nice combo off of this what do you got so yeah so we um we'll start off with uh, if slot machines are more available and convenient
1: to consumers and players do you think other forms of gambling will follow suit my answer to that would be no the reason why is a uh, slot machines are just so easy for anybody any business to just plop it yep. in and it just prints money you don't need really anybody to staff it besides maybe for you know aside from errors or stuff like that and they just they just make money and they're real dicting and um, they just they just pay for themselves pretty much, you know. In modern casino thinking, you know, anything else is looked at as a necessary evil. Whether it's food and beverage, whether it's table games, poker, all those things just don't make the same dollars per square foot as a slot machine will. If the casino could, if this casino could, they would just literally have an entire thing of slot machines and nothing else. But that's not quite saying those are like that. Yeah, actually, you're right. Correct. Uh, <laughs> lots of them are the bigger. Bigger properties still are offering the traditional, you know, other traditional things like the table games and the and poker, even though we've seen after COVID hit, all the poker rooms obviously and all the casinos closed, when they reopened, lots of casinos did not reopen the poker room uh, because it's just kind of one of those reanalyzation periods where they're like, well, you know, we're,
0: we're just going to do it without it. You know, it's just not very profitable. Unless they- Yeah, you need more staff, you need more yeah. um, overhead, you got to buy, you know, you got to insurance and benefits and you know workman's comp all these things for humans when you can just stick a slot machine there and and it won't ever complain it won't file a workman's comp suit on you probably (laughs) yeah you think of all
1: just like think of the average poker room i don't know say say a couple you know thousand square foot or maybe bigger than that maybe 1500 square foot and you think all the bodies you need in there to staff that thing right like dozens whereas you could just fill that up with slots yep. and have like one or two slot attendants and you know engineers uh or techs you know working on that stuff and it's just it's uh it's pretty crazy but um yeah i think um you know states that are inundated inundated like this with slot machines on every street corner in my personal experience driven through illinois you know dozens and hundreds of times i'm from the midwest and it's crazy when you're whenever you're like on the border like on the you know like indiana to Illinois or Wisconsin, Illinois, and you just all of a sudden you just see like every gas station, every corner store, everything. There's a slot machine. There's signs. It's like, it's crazy. They're literally everywhere. And, you know, part of it is like with, I mean, I'm not very political or I can't, you know, I can't speak super eloquently on this, but I know the state of Illinois has had a lot of issues monetarily over the years and made some bad decisions outsourcing certain things and losing money on the tolls and that sort of thing so it seems like they just kind of get desperate and you know allow this stuff to just be kind of ran anywhere and then try to yeah it's like a quick um go ahead sorry no just and they try to collect chunks of the
0: you know the profits via taxes or whatever yeah it feels like such an easy an easy road to go down if you're the government you just be like oh man we could let everyone just have a slot machine and just take a percent of it right it's like such a cop out easy tax gaining method it's kind of lame really to me that just it's like a money grab you know they already have the lottery and now they also want everyone to have a slot machine that can just continue to suck money out of the population i'm not i don't like it i don't like the idea of it at all yeah i mean these things are addictive
1: and you don't really need to have one of these on every street corner like you know when you're in illinois anyway like the Top heaven. you're never more than like forty five minutes away from a casino in the first place. Like that's a whole other issue. Yep. But they're pretty saturated, uh, oversaturated casinos at the moment. So it's like you already got casinos everywhere. And granted, it is a really large, you know, the third largest metro area, I believe, in America. But even still, you know, you're never that far. And then you're even closer if you want to gamble on one of these. Now, Phil, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but do you know if these things are
0: regulated the same as say a slot machines in a casino? And no, I'm not. I'm not sure. What do you mean as far as regulations, like well, what specifically? You know, specifically, like the
1: amount, the percentage they're paying out. Um, what oh. and I know it, this is now. This is kind of anecdotal, so I'll tell what I know to be true, what I've heard anecdotally. I'm not 100% if this is accurate, but I've heard a lot of these. You know, they're not really, they don't have strict oversight, and you know, they're right. they're they're paying out like less than 80% or 70%, like something really low and kind of an oh. unfair number. You know, that's what I've heard, and I mean. Cause you think of the the cost it would take to like actually, you know, audit these things and drive around. I know. Sure. In other states where they don't allow this, like every state has like a workaround, right? So like, you'll, you know, you'll see in other states you'll see pull tabs in a bars, for example, or they'll have these. I don't even know exactly. They're they're a slot machine, right? But they don't. They pay out a ticket. And you have to like contact the bar owner to get paid out right it's not like instant payout or it's not like somebody always on staff so you may or may not get paid right away right and i know those things are very very unregulated those things are the wild wild west you can literally have your rep for those they, they don't look quite like slot machines they're built a little different i don't know if they call them something different but they're in a lot of bars and states where you know formal slot machines aren't allowed and uh
0: those are real sketchy I, well one thing you made me think about when you brought up regulations is uh, gas stations, well a lot of casinos are built on Native American land, so they have their own tribal gaming commission, their own tribal commission that they have to deal with, and they have the state commission. So essentially they gotta go through two phases. To have a slot machine in a tribal casino, you gotta make it through all the state regulations. Then you gotta go through all the tribal regulations. It's like twice as much, you know, oversight over that machine. Or I imagine in a gas station, it's probably not on tribal land. You just have to fade the state regulations, which are generally looser because it's you know it's a bigger entity. So they just you know they care a little bit less about the s- strict nuances of it. So I would imagine that the gas t- gas station slot machines are just the wild wild west. They just you barely barely qualify, and you just put any machine in there. And um, yeah, to add on, to add on to
1: that, so like you said most of the casinos I've worked at or played at or you know have experience at are Native American like we said and you know they they established their own gaming commission and in my experience these gaming commissions are 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 strict it's not like you know it's it's uh strict that everything's ran fairly and up you know and uh paying out a fair amount on the slot machines etc and so like the state kind of relies this generally speaking will kind of rely on that like the state isn't Putting their nose in a lot of those uh, Native American because ran their, cause they're because yeah. they're pretty much well ran themselves. Like so, again, this is just anecdotally. I don't know that the states, you know, for example, Illinois, they really know what's going on in any of these. Like who's servicing them, what they're setting the random number generators to. I don't think they have really any idea what's going on. I don't think they have any sort of formal oversight. If if, if I'm wrong on that, I would love anybody to write in our Discord or email us if anybody can if i'm if
0: i'm way off base on that let us let me know yeah that's the same for me anytime you guys hear any error or anything that you could correct us on or even just that you want to share with us well, honestly i would just love to hear it like you know, i just love learning about the casino industry any and every facet of it so yeah please let us know one thing too you made me think about this you brought up a lot of good points so far um you mentioned the Percent of hold that they're allowed to have in a gas station, and it made me think, just logically, if you run a casino and you have 200 slot machines on property, you can have the hold very, very low. You can you can give you can return like 95% back to the customer, and it's not really going to bother you because you have such a a large amount of these machines giving back 95% that even if somebody gets lucky and wins you know you got all the other machines winning we talked about this in episode one The you know the more spots people are gambling the less house variance has the less variance the house has and uh imagine you're a gas station with one slot machine you could have you would have to have that thing turned to not give a lot of money back to the customer because you can't just have some random guy come in there and crush you well you know run really good on you and then you you're just losing for like the whole month on that slot machine and you're just not getting enough play to cover, you know, to cover that big win that that guy had. So you almost have to have it where it's the house edge is really high for you just to, you know, so you don't end up taking a big hit at some point. Yeah, that's a great point. Um You're not able to achieve the
1: amount of playthrough to, you know, ensure that your, you know, hold isn't going to, like you said, get, you're not going to get crushed on a given month. Right. But, but even still, most of the time that's not disclosed to the you know to the player so it's sure. pretty pretty not unethical in my opinion but also it is understandable from a business point of view why you need to do that but still overall unethical yeah it's almost necessary like yeah for sure yeah and I, I would still say unethical stay away from those
0: things well unethical might be might be a weird one like how like a weird way to phrase it what if it's not displayed well, what about it specifically is unethical? it Just that it's too big of a losing proposition?
1: Yeah, too big. I mean, at some point, right, if we go extreme and they, you know, they keep, you know, they only pay out 10% of what's put in, right? So you're just, the customer is losing 90 cents on every dollar, right? I mean, that's clearly unethical, right? So I guess the, 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 the question would be, at what point does it become ethical? What point is it unethical? And I don't know what the exact number is. <laughs> But I mean, I don't know, 70%, 70% of every dollar being paid out is, seems pretty steep.
0: You know, I don't know. Would them holding 90% be unethical? Like, it, it sucks really bad for the person gambling, but unethical. Like, what? Will you have an ex- are you saying if there is not displayed, like it's not displayed, that it's close to fair? Like, if, if there's a sign that says, this is for entertainment purposes only, this is not going to yield you profit, then. Can you hold any amount you want? Like when I'm not sure it's unethical. I mean, I have the hold turned way up. It's a slot.
1: Sure, sure. I'm saying yes. I mean, I I feel like there's some expectation that um, you'll be able to you know win a little bit and you know get have a chance at winning, right? I mean, if you're like it, at that point, if it's you know hold if it's like paying out you know a really small number, I mean, it's just like you're playing a video game, right? Like they should just turn it into an arcade, right? Like. I'm sure there's people go to arcades well right but there's no expectation of winning money in an arcade right and it's like you pay a dollar fifty on the pinball machine or whatever and you get five minutes of play or hopefully ten if you're you know skill based or whatever right so like those are like you have an expectation of i'm playing it if i'm skillful enough i'll play longer there's an incentive there that's very uh, like a two-way contract basically that's very fair if the let's just say it'd be the equivalent right if you went to a casino And mm, I don't know, say it was like 20 bucks to play pinball or maybe better yet, say it was $1.50, but the bumpers barely move the thing. So you have almost like no chance of even hitting the ball up, right? Because it's so weak or something, right? (laughs) So you you put your $1.50 and the ball, just like you have no chance. It just goes, you just lose every time. You don't even get like, you know, like one flip just fired
0: in. It hits whatever random bumpers are out there and then goes straight down and you're like, well,
1: yeah, right. Or it's tilted, right? Or in like, that's not like part of the the unwritten contract right between a, a pinball operator and a pinball player right like the part of the expectation is yeah i might lose right away
0: if i get unlucky but if i skillfully hit it it's not rigged or it's not tilted one way you know so well i mentioned the sticker that they could put on the slots that says for entertainment purposes only which i believe i've seen in some of these gas station slot machines just like slammed right on the top of there and then as soon as that's there doesn't that ethically clear them like they've, they've explained like this is for entertainment only. Like, you put money in here, it's not for you to have a close, fair coin flip. It's entertainment. Like, that's what you're doing right here. Sure. If it's for entertainment only, then it needs to be,
1: I don't know, say, uh, an, an increment-based thing, right? Like, $5 will get you, you know, and if you have a little bit of some sort of an input skill based thing or something along the line, it's got to be a little bit more formatted like... An arcade-style game, if it is mm. like, uh, there's got to be some some sort of a um, some sort of a telltale sign that like this like because if, if it's just formatted exactly like a regular slot, like the bonus rounds and all that stuff, and it's like it's like that, that's not fair, right? Because you're,
0: I mean, that's again, that's my opinion. I, go, I would ask for you, are you like I I like I'm the, I'm with it. I don't I think it is fair. I don't think that I would call it unethical, even if they were holding a, a large amount. And it was exactly the same programming software as a regular casino like the same functions the same bonuses the same layout if you know they can just set you know i'm usually for the well actually i don't know what i'm usually for but in this instance i feel like you're gamble at your own risk man you're sitting in a you're sitting in a gas station on a slot machine it's like i don't think there should be any expectation that this is going to be a net gain for you, so you just play at your own risk. Whatever you know, you're accepting the, you're accepting whatever foolishness you're getting yourself into. Feel you like R- listeners,
1: let us know as um, who are you with your corporate Phil or for the people MJ. Let
0: us <laughs> let us know. MJ is a man of the people. Phil is just like, give us the money. <laughs> if you put the money in the slots and my- hold. Let's go, bud. Or ten percent payout. Let's go. <laughs> I feel like your casino would do much better than mine because you would actually let people win i'm just like no no just if you put in the slot it's over guys yeah just just instant instant take so let's see other another thing they they can't have uh progressive wagers. like you know some slot machines and casinos can have big million dollar bonuses on some really rare outcomes but a gas station is just going to have like the basic one line seven 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 gets you you know whatever that's their big jackpot i believe i actually they do have a multi-network
1: progressive in some of those i'm not positive on this but i feel like i've seen it so where you know it's being paid out you know fifteen thousand dollar progressive or whatever and then you have to probably contact a centralized office who organizes it and then it, then it's not giving the hit on the operator right so I, there you go pretty sure that some of them have that most of them don't
0: have that but i think that's a newer thing they've done in illinois that's definitely right i don't know why i didn't think of that that's that's clearly the way it would be done yeah and even some
1: casinos it's like that too like with those really high-end like you know eight hundred thousand dollar 1.2 million stuff like that's multi-casino multi you know network from the same gaming operator who owns those slots yep same thing just you know, bigger number i guess um he wrote in also, would you ever play a slot machine in a I, uh, gas station? never never once been tempted because it just feel like like again for me to play it's like i have to have some expected fair expectation that it's fair and then i have a chance to yeah to win right like if i it literally is not fun for me if i'm not sure if it's a fair outcome right like i'm i'm almost angry or upset and i just yeah temptation's not there at all now obviously temptation's there if i'm walking inside of a casino but just not there it's almost like it would just tilt me like if i just know that they're just you know scrupulous or
0: You know not overseen by any commission it just not for me you imagine the point in your life where you have to be to walk into a gas station get one of those three-day-old cold egg salad sandwiches and those triangle plastic squares that they sell just just sitting there on on a slot machine that millions of other people have put their dirty fingers on and just click your your money away while eating this five-day-old egg salad sandwich you're just in a bad spot if this is you sorry for any listeners who partake in these activities but yeah i I, I wouldn't imagine i'm gonna i'm gonna again i'm gonna side of the people here i mean these things are addictive right
1: i mean if like salad sandwich is addictive egg salad, the egg salad sandwich will sustain you for another two hours on the (laughs) and uh you can degen out for a while no but i mean i don't know it's like it's just tough you know if it's like right i mean if you live let's just say right next to one right and it's just like and you've lost a lot you're chasing those losses it's you're in a bad spot obviously like i'm not disputing that but uh that's, uh that's why they have you know gamblers hotlines and stuff and ways to get help if you're uh think you're playing too much or losing too much stuff like that so don't hesitate to call one of those if uh if
0: you're in a bad place we should probably actually throw the gamblers addiction hotline number on here I don't know if we can actually say it I don't really know the the rules of what we can say and what we can't say maybe I'll put it in the well, description I definitely will put it in the description of this episode
1: yeah we and we can kind of, we can say uh, that you can always search it google it gamblers helpline i need help like it's it, it google will pop up there's multiple different services i'm sure and you know there's ways to to get help for that so uh, he also wrote in yeah. his question is it a trendy eye candy thing just at the moment um no again it just relates to super profitable super easy for the operators it's not like they gotta hire a crew a craps crew or, or you know, a blackjack dealer. You know what I mean? It's like just put it in there and I love that thought. The thing, yeah, right. <laughs> he sit surprised there and la- laundromats or Home Depots. Well, that would be going back to the thing of like, you know, like long term ethical business model, right? Like you probably don't want to be associated with the the low payout slot. You know what I mean? The scrupulous ways like Home Depot wants to create lifelong
0: customers. You know, so they... Just, if I owned a laundromat, I would be slamming slot machines you, all you over the rim a, of that thing. You they're can, sit- yeah, you could make a way better argument that they belong in a laundromat versus Home Depot, Jeez, right? I mean they man, laundromats? They're sitting there doing nothing for hours while their laundry dries, and they got a handful of quarters. I mean, yeah, is there any there. better place in the world to put a slot machine? Yeah, shove them in Yeah, you might be right. Um, <laughs> laundromats uh, might be... They the- might be better placed in laundromats than casinos. Like, it's—it it almost makes more sense. Like they're that right? It's a way, way, way to way to kill the time. Way to kill the time, and
1: mm-hmm. just don't do it before you put your clothes in the dryer because you might run out of money to dry your clothes. So <laughs> imagine losing all your money and having to put the wet clothes you in the gotta back seat and just do the old uh, the old drive home with wet clothes and put them hang them out on the line, right? There's been more and worse drive homes of shame after gambling for me than wet clothes in the backseat. You know? That's true. I've had some bad ones. But that would be even a bigger slap in the face though, right? Like, you know, like, like it's now at this point, the gambling is like affecting your, like you just literally don't have clean, dry clothes. <laughs> so that, I don't know. <laughs> like if that somehow happened after you went to the, a real casino, you'd be like, this is so stupid. Like Why? Like, you'd probably be more of an incentive incentive to not gamble at a regular casino if you just came home and all your clothes were wet, right?
0: Like, we just kind of flip it. What's your worst drive of shame? Do you have any stories of, like, just, you know, the worst gambling run and then you're driving home?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's the worst ones are when you first start out gambling, because like, you kind of know as you get into it, like, what you're doing and you have more of an expectation of losing, but when you first start out and you have more of an expectation of winning... You know, that the, the those penniless drive homes really hurt, you know? Yeah. You really thought you were going to double your rent. I do. You just have no rent. Right. I've had, <laughs> I've had a couple of times where, like, if I'm trying to really just be conservative and not bring a lot of money, like, maybe just a couple hundred, where, like, 10 to 12 units in craps lose straight and then not win a single bet and just be done. Oh, my. God. Like, which is pretty high, you know, if you, like, lose 12 straight units that are you know, anywhere from, you know, roughly roughly a coin flip. It's pretty tough to do. You know, like if there was a side bet, you could be like, you know, bet yeah. on losing ten straight. You'd probably pay like a hundred to one or more than that. You know, so <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't be likely. That's for sure. This is this is a part of the question I really liked. So, if Twenty One Tango had the chance to own or operate a small gambling spot, what kind of setup would you have to produce the best kind of passive income? Well. I thought of this two ways, right? So obviously, as we've already discussed, if it was truly just for making money, profits, you know, nothing else, then yeah, obviously slot machines. But if I if I could, some you know, in a theoretical world, could open a casino, I mean, I'm having, you know, poker room, table games, the things that don't make as much money, and making it a good spot to go to, making it player-friendly, those sort of things, if I'm less worried about profit, right? That's like, if if it was a labor of love, kind of like this podcast, there's going to be minimal slot machines in there. I mean, there'll be some, there'll be some video poker or some, you know, some, maybe some, the fa- the favorite classic slot machines, but it's certainly not going to be, you know, 90% slots, you know, it'd be like the other way
0: around, you know, 90% poker and table games. Well, the question is kind of limiting because it says you want to produce the best kind of passive income. So passive I mean you can't have staff you right can't have well that's why I, so now it's just like maybe the question is a little
1: that's why limiting. I kind of separated out right like if we're answering yeah. the question exactly how it is then yeah I'm not doing that but maybe he kind of implied like what would you do if you could you know and uh, the other world where we open up business to serve the public or as like a social spot or less worried maybe we're not beholden to you know shareholders etc yeah we're doing we're doing poker you know I mean they do that, I mean they're doing those in Texas, they seem pretty successful, doing like the monthly monthly subscription
0: or monthly not a subscription, but the monthly fee for those card rooms and things like that. Yeah, like you said, I would do labor of love. I'm doing some sort of three table poker room with a weekly tournament and I might have like one blackjack table set to the side where, you know, the players could take a break from the game and play on one like one blackjack game, and then maybe a couple slots. You could do oh, for you could do one of those little dice
1: tubs you know that they have in like smaller casinos or it's just like tiny little thing it's just like one half i wouldn't even mess with dice oh i'd have a dice tub i would I w- <laughs> would you really nice yeah i mean if it's again labor of love sure because i mean you, oh, i hate craps so that's probably my <laughs> mission you don't need four you know people to uh run one of those you just need one or two and uh but again you know that's just you know it'd be cool to have the selection
0: cool to have the options you know got to get a baccarat table in there too peel some up peel some i'm also the problem with my i'm probably thinking of this in my house like i'm imagining this scenario going down in a home because like whenever i think of my own operation i just think of people who run home games so i'm just imagining a craps table in my living room with four guys standing there looking around invests, just waiting for you know someone to come play i'm like i'm not having a craps game in my house don't need all these craps players in the in your house i get it i get it Another thing you mentioned in the question, you touched on it for a second, would be expansions into other forms of gambling on, in the gas stations. Like you, you don't see it going into like individual blackjack tables or like you said, tub craps in the, in these gas stations or home depots. No, not at all. I mean, I, I, I would be shocked
1: if I drove up somewhere and saw that it would have to be at like Maybe say like a giant truck stop where there's like so many people going through that you could somehow make it possibly breaky there it is. or or profitable, right? It's just not the volume of people. Then maybe sports betting, could see something like that, right? Some sort of a, a kiosk that's linked to a central server where they do all the odds for you and they're taking a piece of the action. So I could definitely see something like that if they allowed it, Some sports betting kiosk. That would be the only, as of like today right now, that's the only th- really feasible, possibly feasible thing i could think of would be sports betting
0: yeah anything with a kiosk you pretty much green light to just stick anywhere like if people would just, it's you're free rolling like if nobody gets on it fine you know what do you got to pay for electricity to run the machine so that's all you know that's the only cost
1: yeah i don't i don't
0: know what those contracts The machine
1: i don't know what those contracts look like between you know the people who are leasing the slots if there's some sort of a minimum thing or if they can Maybe an owner can somehow lose money or I'm not sure how those are set up, but there might be a way where it could lose a little bit or just break even or yeah, but you're probably right. It's
0: probably more or less a free roll, I would assume, but I've always wanted to get into buying ATM machines and throwing them, throwing them up places. It's kind of like the same idea, just way less profitable, but like not a lot of overhead. You just pay for the item and, you know, put it somewhere. Not a bad side hustle. Yeah, you figure 10, 20 years ago and those were first coming up everywhere and you didn't
1: have online forms of payment. I mean, that would have been the business to be in 20 years ago. You know, now it's now we're seeing the, the Bitcoin machines and things like that. You know, Coinstar had a nice little run there too, right? Coinstar. Now we're into these bi- yep. Bitcoin uh machines where they're... Man, they're, I don't... Somebody told me what the rake is on one of those or what they're charging. You. If you're trying to buy $100 worth of Bitcoin, you end up with like 80 or something. That's crazy. Oh it's just like nuts. It's like... Oh man, just open up a wallet on a trusted server or something and don't pay that sort of fee. It's crazy.
0: But Well yeah, the deal with that is just the Bitcoin price moves so it fluctuates so much, I guess, and and the transactions take so long that the company can't risk you know, they can't they can't risk the time that it takes them to buy the Bitcoin back that they've given to you. You know, the price will change and it'll screw with their so they have to just charge a huge rake to fade that. Right, yeah. He- There's another question in the Discord about Troller Boy says Do any listeners have a method of counting the number of rolls in a crap session? I used to use small denomination chips but I'd inadvertently use them as tips for the cocktail server or for dealers and it would mess up my count. I know the number of rolls is meaningless but I like to keep track to compare sessions. Do you have any uh, tricks or tips to
1: deal with this? It, you know I don't I didn't I was, I was I read that when he posted that a couple days ago or a week ago or whatever that was and I didn't come up with anything great i can say that from my personal experience you know live craps is one of my favorite games just because you know it's a low house edge and you know it's you know a random a truly random event occurring it's like a trustable game well at some point i kind of i would also like to play if it's like a busy game play the the bubble craps right where they got the the dice pop up or like there's the personal bubble craps and those have like the last like 20 rolls just at the bottom of the screen I, I thought that's kind of a cool feature you can just see all the sixes and eights that I miss and I'm trying to bang the don'ts or whatever, so. <laughs> that is nice. But, uh, yeah, it'd, it'd be cool if, um, I mean, it wouldn't be profitable for, for the house, for the casino, but if you could do the same thing theoretically on a, you just had a little LED screen and then just had the outcome of all the last 10 rolls or 20 rolls, I don't know exactly what he's saying, he's wondering the number of rolls, sure. but it'd be cool. And you never know, in the future, they might add something like that uh, in in a dice game. I mean, who knows if future might bring some sort of a progressive on some sort of very unlikely outcome on a dice game. Right. That might actually not be a good idea because that might be easy to, you could have, you could potentially try to cheat that because you'd be inputting the actual, that would have to be done actually probably on one of those newer dice, those electronic dice games, but they're even in those they're inputting the rolls manually. I'm not sure how they'd have to do that and ensure the integrity of that, but you never know. They could figure out a way and. Were you the one? Who I was
0: speaking with about the craps game that got beat—the the dealer was working with somebody and they were inputting the wrong numbers—or was it a roulette machine? What? Where do they input it manually for roulette? I'm not—I'm not familiar with that. I feel like we were discussing like and you wouldn't put a new dealer on this game you would put an experienced dealer and we were arguing back and forth about right
1: we were what was this I think what you're talking about we were talking about theoretical situations on if you'd want a more experienced dealer or a new or if you'd be okay to put a newer dealer on one of those electronic dice tables so right now as it stands if you go to a place it's like it's like it's not glass it's some sort of plastic surface your money is all done electronically you enter your bets on a little screen in front of you but you do shoot real dice and there's an actual stick man there who retrieves the dice sends the dice and inputs the value of each roll into the computer right so then it knows how to uh, and then it pays you automatically so we, if i remember that was a while ago but we were debating could you stick an inexperienced dealer on here or would you rather have an experienced? dealer on one of these games since all you're really doing is obtaining the dice you know you're retrieving sending the dice and inputting the value i don't even remember what side i took <laughs> to be honest
0: uh, i remember what side we were like really opposed in this situation we, we were it was a good yeah. debate what was uh let's let's try to i said it. that yeah okay i said that you should stick the least experienced person you have on the game because all they're doing is grabbing the dice, moving them to the shooter, and then looking at the dice, the result, and then inputting it into a computer, and the computer makes the payouts. So, they're not doing any math, all they're doing, you know, they're doing a very simple task. So you just, you wouldn't want to waste an experienced dealer in that task. But your side was, you wanted a very experienced person there because the money can be so high, like craps is like a, they can win and lose a ton of money. So you would want to make sure that you have a really good craps dealer looking for switch dice and... You know all the things that may be going on i do recall it all the cheating methods that maybe I, I do recall it now so yeah well the big the biggest
1: factor to me is you could have you can mask a weak dealer into a crew right if you have three strong dealers and a weak dealer it's usually the game will be fine right but if you have the you know when you're yep. when you only have one person there and if they're weak just totally opens the game up right to sliding the dice you know distracting the dealer somehow and maybe somebody flips the the dice to a different result you know anything that can you know yeah fluster a regular dealer right so if it's just you know we can't ma- we we can we're opening up the game up to you know liability if we don't have the since there only is one dealer on the game we got to have somebody experienced who knows what to look for and can spot when something's but you know going awry or the players might be trying to cheat in some way
0: I'm surprised I was so against the, your 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 side of this debate before. Maybe I was just dug in, you know, to, you know, you get into a debate, you just pick a side and you're like, I'm not, I'm not giving any ground. Because now when I'm listening to it fresh and I don't really, I'm not invested in, in my original take, I feel like you make a lot of sense. What You'd, you'd want an experienced player that's, or an experienced dealer who's going to be able to keep their composure and not get had by some, some team of people distracting them.
1: Yeah, and I think, I think at that time, I don't know if you had actually been exposed to it live, so I think I was explaining it to you, what the setup was, and you were kind of just going off your first, you know, thought or whatever, and like, you know, if you go and even spend an hour watching one of these games, you know, you would probably flip to my side, I would I would imagine. But again, it all depends too, right? It depends on, there's lots of factors that maybe you got other big games going on, maybe you're short-staffed, maybe, you know, maybe there is a time where you have to sacrifice that game put a weaker dealer in there if you're not getting a lot of action on that game and you need your experienced dealer somewhere else you know it's just it's not always as easier as it's not always as easy as do i have an experienced dealer available that i can just plop out exactly
0: here? yeah let me just get a great dealer and stick them in here they're not always right
1: great... i mean you do that in every game right you just do that in every game
0: it'd be if it feels that easy right yeah casino would never lose money
1: on the games and they don't do the new dealer error feels that easy so what else do we got do we want to do a
0: procedure of the week We can. Procedure of the week. All right. Yeah. So for procedure of the week, let's do roulette. Let's show a little love to roulette. We've kind of been slacking on the roulette front on this podcast. I want to talk about the spin. So when the dealer spins the ball, it has to go around a certain amount of times. They have to wave it off. And then after the wave off, the ball still has to go around another X amount of times. And then also where should their eyes be? while the ball's spinning while it's dropping while they're spinning it let's talk to the listeners about roulette a little bit what do you have okay so we'll start from the beginning
1: right we we, you know ball spinning right you spin the ball ball spinning Um, the first thing the dealer should look for is is it a strong spin Um, is it a weak spin right because if it's a weak spin we probably got to close up bets a little sooner If it's a strong spin we got a little bit more time you want to know the action of your players right if there's you have lots of late bettors or lots of people who like to chunk stuff out there late you kinda gotta take that into consideration. But the big idea behind, you know, ball spinning, uh, then maybe an announcement, this is this is kind of, uh, depends on where you're at, or depends on how many people are playing, but some sort of announcement, like uh, final bets, it's like a way to let, you know, you know, now I, two more seconds and I say no more bets, and I clearly wave my hand across all the table, right, for surveillance. So, we wanna make sure to have at least, on our final wave off, at least, what is it, three rotations? Um, if not four or five just to ensure that no one's tracking the wheel you know trying to chunk money out there when it's like got a half of a spin left and you can be a little bit higher certainty of where the what section it's going to fall in i remember when i first started dealing roulette there's lots of people that played that would just their entire game would just be they wouldn't even place a bet out until the ball was spinning and they'd try to the fun for them was pretending to track God. the wheel or not pretending they were trying actually to track the wheel out of you know they weren't very successful at it but they stare at the stare at the wheel and then so i would have to make sure to really get good solid spins when those people were playing because if i you know have to make sure to have that minimum of three if not five
0: rotation what about you feel got anything to add yeah i thought you were gonna say the players who only start betting after you spin just just for the hell of it not they don't even look at the wheel but they like spin the ball spin the ball and then when you spin it then they just start mindlessly just betting a unit on like every single number it's like you could have just placed these before i spawned man why do you got to wait until you know lucky for me i actually had a a pretty monster spin like i you know i'm i'm getting 33 35 38 rotations so i could spin in the you know everyone has enough time to bet all of basically all the stuff they want then you know you can wave it off so i never had a problem with that but I can imagine it'd be very anxiety-inducing for somebody with maybe like a 10 rotation spin. If you got people wanting to bet after you spin the ball, it's got to be really brutal. Yeah, I, um, I've helped
1: dealers out with this in the past, where they're very tentative and maybe they don't have a lot of shot takers in their in this you know in the cas- particular casino, and. I've literally seen some real dire situations where they're too tentative to wave it off and it's like they're literally waving it off as the ball is falling in or like with a half spin left. And, you know, when I first started working at a place and I had to really go in and coach everybody on that no one was really, everybody was just kind of taking it for granted, right? Game here, you know, you can kind of take game security for granted if you don't have a lot of people trying to cheat the games. Sure. And I couldn't believe that was... Well, also if you don't Or know.
0: if you don't know, right? If you're just like... Uh, Maybe you're never taught. If you're yeah. just like a... You know, a lot of people get into this industry because they hear about the money and the tips and they don't really have a gaming background and they don't they don't know all the ways that these games can be taken advantage of they're just you know they, they just kind of work there they do a little quick training and then they get thrown onto the floor they don't know the concept behind like wheel tracking or anything like that and they're just they're just there for a paycheck so i don't blame these people so much these inexperienced dealers but we definitely have to coach them up like they have to you know, have to follow. these are very important procedures even though they sound so small i imagine someone who doesn't know anything about it it's just like why can't they bet while the ball's coming down and bouncing all around it's still bouncing like what's the issue you know they don't really have any firm grasp on on what's going on so i don't blame them but yeah it's important stuff yeah so the the the, the final
1: bet is nice because it gets it gets you um it gets people to kind of think like you said no more bets you know so like for an un, for an, dealers have problems with this kind of final bet them with about seven or eight spins left rotations of the ball left and then the big thing that i tell a lot of people is literally bring your hand has to be the lowest hand of all the hands putting out bets and just karate chop all the way through don't stop you know and, and state no more bets as you're doing that and just go in there and really get in there if you're you know if your dealers have problems with this just go for it and then you'll realize the power that yeah. you have when you're more authoritative and you're more less passive in that and people will respect it people won't be upset or anything people just respect
0: it usually with some exceptions obviously but my all-time favorite power move was when you event i'm not just gonna like physically blast the players out of the way so sometimes i have to just like let them get their arm out of the way but if i ever had to hesitate to get you know get their hand out of the way Whenever they do end up moving their hand, I just take their bet and give it back to the one that they would that they were placing. While they wouldn't let me, and no bet blue eighteen, no bet blue twenty, whatever. Yeah, it's such a good thing because they, you know, in the moment they get to feel like they won the standoff of the arms, and then you finish waving off, and then you just just take their bet and hand it back to them, and they're like, "What the hell, man? you know like it it was no more bets. It's good. You can't impede my.
1: It's especially good to do that when you got like a really wild table, right? Because you got to make an example out of somebody to show that you're not, we're not just gonna be chunking these bets down. Oh yeah, the ball's, you know, almost ready to, to you know, drop in, you know? So it's a good to kind of make an example of it. And, you know, most of these, you know, plus these board coverers have already got probably like three other units on there anyway, and they put their final fourth unit on. So they'll still win their little, their 105 units if it does happen to fall in there anyway. So they'll be okay.
0: <laughs> well, what's great is it's such a, showstopper's not the right word it's such like a definitive display that, that it just stops all of that in the future because they're like they don't ever, like it, it's just done at that point they don't ever fight you again because they're like he's just going to hand this money so back to me like, yeah. if I like fight his arm to keep my it's like, it's like I, everyone sees it and they're like okay well when he starts waving it's it's it like even if I get a bet in he's going to give it back to me so I'm not going to fight for it so it's a really uh really powerful tool for the dealer yeah it's 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 a funny thing you know it's a funny thing the uh, the illusion
1: of control for the gambler right because lots of gamblers don't have a lot of control they don't have control of the outcome maybe they don't have control of their you know of their own gambling or whatever and this is a one little spot they might pick to feel like they have control right like they're not trying to take a shot most of the time they just want to sure feel like some they have control of the outcome or something so this is something to think about when you're thinking about the psychology of some of these things uh as for as for eyes, you want to, after you wave off, you want to take a step back. I mean, you want to be able to kind of watch the wheel out of the corner of your eye, and but be focused more on the layout to make sure nobody's adding on, you know, chunking a, a black chip on the black or red or even or odd, or or, slight, even worse, sliding something on the inside number that just hit. You know, you got to watch for, for late bets, make sure no one's, you know, maybe somebody was turning around, talking to their spouse, they turn around, they start betting, they don't even know the bets are waved off. You know so all those sort of things you want to watch that layout and uh uh that's real important obviously right because past posting in any game
0: is uh
1: oh we will lose huge if you're the casino
0: oh for sure yeah so after you wave it off i like the dealer to back up as far as they can basically sometimes there's a, a chip mucker behind them so i like them to back up all the way to the chip mucker with their back against it and they can kind of see the wheel on the right out of the peripheral and then they're looking at the whole entire layout until they hear the ball stop, and then you turn in, get a look at the number really quickly, and then go out and you know mark the number. It's really key to get as far back as you can towards that mucker so you get the widest range view of everybody gambling and in uh, the wheel also. So yeah, you nailed that one,
1: yeah. Phil, when you dealt roulette, did you prefer a game where it was just you or a game where it was just you and the mucking machine or a game where it was you and a another human mucker. Which one did you prefer, or not prefer, and why? This is such an easy
0: one for me. It's like it, it is an easy one. You're right about that. It's like it's like twenty to one in favor of I want to just be by myself without a mucker and without a mucking machine. I don't know if this is what you where you're going to go, but for me, I the gambler in me likes manipulating chips. And like I said earlier, I have got a a powerful spin. So what I liked to do is spin the shit out of the ball while it's doing it's, you know, while it's doing its first 25 rotations around, I'm just mucking as fast as I can, just piling colors together, muck, 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 and, you know, then I go out there at the end, place all of the bets that some people had asked me to place, they're like, put three on five, put two on zero, put one on one, right? Place all those, start my wave off process, and then, you know, back up to the mucker, observe the layout get you know all the procedures get those out of the way but the, I liked that moment after I spun whenever I got to muck the chips and just you know play with the chips myself for a little bit and uh, if there's a mucking machine I don't get to do that. If there's another person standing there. I don't get to do that so I liked just to just be by myself on the game and on top of that I didn't like when you have a mucker the mucker's supposed to help you with payouts and I don't like it, like two chefs in the kitchen I think they say. Like, I like to just do the math and and know that my math is right by myself. I don't like another person behind me, like, saying numbers while I'm trying to do math, you know? They're like, there's four on 17, so that's 68, and, you know, there's two straight ups, that's another 70. They're, like, saying the numbers behind you while you're trying to do, you know, math in your head. And I just, I never liked another person there with me. What about you? No, I'm with you. It's the best roulette game to deal. It was a super jammed up game
1: with lots of nickel, you know, nickel betting units or higher quarters or whatever, and uh, no muck machine, no mucker, and just just you and the roulette table. Those those are the, f- the most fun games to deal for sure. Now, if they had the the pretty new dealer who was coming there to muck, then I probably wouldn't have been against that, right? <laughs> <laughs> if they had, you know, but here's here's a so for real thing. If they were to send a mucker, I would prefer either someone who has no experience who's like learning the game right and then i can kind of help them out or whatever and they're not stepping on my toes or a very very experienced dealer like is as good as myself because then they know not to step on my toes like you said the two chefs in the kitchen they know just just be quiet oh, and beautiful. only chip in if they know something's wrong right like so their their um their chip-in rate of success is gonna be way higher right like if they say something they're probably you're probably wrong or maybe if you got stuck on something big they can help you that sort of thing but don't want anybody in the middle yeah, i uh and then the, well, don't want anybody in the m- middle and never a mucking machine just never ever a mucking machine because they always didn't work they would spit out 19 stacks instead of 20 stacks or 21. they were <laughs> well the other thing too with the mucking machines is it's like yeah sometimes it's nice if it's just tons of dollar betters right you can just sweep everything in that little hole but like it would make my back hurt because of the weird angle you would have to like bend back to like a, yeah like like if you if you would have multiple colors out like you couldn't I don't know it was something about like the way you had to twist to access,
0: you know access the the work area in the back was smaller or whatever and i I never cared for the bucking plus it's just not romantic man like i think of I, i like simplicity i like the idea of just there's just a layout a wheel and the chips and then i'm the dealer the players are playing it's all like a a nice symphony of. Of nostalgia, I don't know, something about just the simple stuff I like. I don't like the shuffler machine making a shitload of noise behind me, just racking up like 19s, like you said, spitting them out wrong. It's messing it up anyway. It gets jammed, multicolors are weaved into the stack sometimes because it's just broken. Just give me the simple least amount of stuff, you know? That's all I need. Yeah, on a side note with the muckers, if I had to guess, and I don't have access to these numbers,
1: but if I had to guess of all the 20th century casino innovations right like shuffling machines you know you're getting more decisions per hour right mucking machines theoretically you're getting more more decisions per hour as well but i would say that they're not always theoretically making the casino more money and it might be a loss or only a break-even point sometimes just because when they're not maintained properly and they're spitting out the wrong sizes or they're in the way or you know, maybe it's bringing down dealer morale. I guess, theoretically, if you have a place with tons of roulette tables and lots of new dealers, we can guarantee that it's gonna, yeah, help make them a house money. But, you know, the fee for renting them, if you have lots of experienced dealers or lower volume, um, I don't
0: think they're uh, they're profitable in some houses, if I had to guess. No, yeah, you're probably right. I also wanna circle back real quick to the point you made about the, the experienced mucker. I always prided myself in being the mucker who's says like nothing, you know you just show up, Oh yeah, okay. you never touch the other, you never like stand to, you know, a lot of, some muckers would just like be up in your spot, you know where you're like bumping shoulders like I would stand so far away from them, like I would almost make it uncomfortable for me to reach into the layout cause I'm standing so far away it's cause I don't ever want to physically bump into them cause it just I know what I'm dealing, it would screw with my flow if the muckers like bumping my elbow so I would stand so far away from them and I would never speak unless they were in the the beginning part of shipping an incorrect payout, you know. I'm like never helping them with the math unless it's they make a mistake or they just straight up ask me. But yeah, I The Quiet Muckers is a is a has a a nice place in my heart, you know, just be back there and just just don't say anything, please.
1: Yeah, I mean that's basically almost like a a shift off if you're like mucking on a on a weekend you're just mucking you're not like you don't even have like a rotation or anything like it's practically like a a night off right like just just uh stay out of the way muck the chips don't say anything uh help watch the layout obviously you know just to have an extra eyes on the layout it's always good but uh yeah same here i always took pride in just sit back and shut up and and uh yeah
0: don't distract the dealer especially or don't slow down the dealer you know yeah, where I was at, it wasn't a night off. We had some pretty weak dealers, and I always like made the joke like I like make the casino like a thousand dollars a night whenever I muck because of how many mistakes right. I catch. It's like, yeah, you're uh, you're paying that guy a five hundred too much. You want to bring that back, please? Yeah, it's funny because you're you're right about that. If uh, if you got a lot of action, you,
1: you definitely can catch a lot of mistakes. I always, you know, depending on the section I'd be in, I always, you know, took pride in myself as a floor if like I. You know, corrected more than say double what I was taking home in money. You know what I mean, like or something like that. Like kind of have a metric like that, you know, or like. But it's it's sometimes as flooring over let. It's it's you're not like in the, you're not really in. It's tougher to catch mistakes because it's just like it's yeah, it's like one of the toughest games to catch mistakes because it's just so many. There's so few decisions, so you're not like really in the flow of knowing when to go and look versus like blackjack. I just you're you're constantly doing pay and take, you know, or whatever. Same with baccarat. You know and it's it's just it's tough to
0: find mistakes on roulette sometimes what's the thing on roulette that triggers your uh spider senses to go check for you know some like if you hear someone saying 105 blue dollars you're like never looking right That's three straight up pays 105 you're never even looking at that but like what's happening where are you coming over it's weird because i remember this now that you're saying this is i
1: remember there's certain numbers that just aren't payouts or or very rare payouts right so i can't even i can't even give you a good example but there's certain numbers that you're like that's not a thing and you just know it somehow right yeah obviously like 105 140 175 you know or stuff like that you know you're you're never but yeah there's certain numbers or certain combos of over two that are kind of weird and you just kind of know like as soon as you hear a weird number depending on the, the strength of the dealer uh, depending on the the type of game, you know, I know whether I got to go over there and double check it There's been I man. I swear that we'd talk about spidey senses and roulette as a floor There's been times where I've literally been like don't send it and I'm, I'm locked up somewhere else and I've gone over and it's wrong I just sure. knew it was wrong from afar, you know, and that's not to, exactly not to like to my own horn But like yeah, there's been a couple times where I've just literally told him not to send it don't even know that it's wrong I'm like this has got to be wrong <laughs>
0: probably the same for you right or if you're just like that's not a thing whatever they say 437 nickels with 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 500 over you're like just don't move I'll be there I'll be there stay there don't move oh that's great yeah the nickels whenever it's over a hundred nickels basically an instantaneous double check for me like I'm just like this is gonna be wrong when I go over here almost for sure you know the nickels conversion screws with a lot of people's heads because yep in roulette, you're supposed to be working with units, so you should. I guess it's hard to explain. If this might be in the weeds a little bit, but say you say someone's betting quarters, you should say you should say 17 quarters going out on a split. But instead of 17 quarters, they'll say 425 going out, and you know because that's what 17 that's what 17 times 25 is. They'll say 425. And it's like just say seventeen quarters and have seventeen quarters cut out. That's the easiest way to do this for everybody. But they'll do the conversion and then they'll do the math wrong sometimes, and then they'll have the wrong number. So, yeah, it's it's so funny whenever because you get into the converting that nickels and quarters, it gets wild. You mentioned that, and I remember there was a place
1: I worked at um, where that exact thing would happen. And it was actually allowed for them just to just say an amount, and I would like never know if it, I'm like I have no idea what the amount is. Like how like what how many units right. is it? You know what I mean? Like, and I have to. And I had to get used to that from going to only being allowed to work with units to, you know, and it was, and it was like, like what are we doing here? I couldn't believe it. But then it might have gotten changed at some point because like, they realized that was a bad, th- you know, a bad way of doing it. And I think they changed it later and not because of me, but I think multiple people had a problem with that. And uh, yeah, the dealers would get upset with me. I'm like a newer floor and I'm like telling them to wait because they're like, you know, you know, right. You know, 1,300 and you know, whatever, 75 going out, I'm like, what is that? I'm like, I have no idea what 1375 means. Like, what does that mean? You know, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I have to run over there take Oh, man. Yeah, that was. Uh, what is uh, what's 70 quarters, MJ? Uh, 1500.
1: Hold on. Hold on. 60 1500
0: plus 1750. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Is it that right? <laughs> right? That's right. <laughs> Yeah, but it's such like a, it's such like a thing where if you you know if they're saying the numbers, it's just if they're saying the dollar amount, it's brutal. You never you're never gonna. Super brutal. Yeah, very brutal. Because you got to do what you just did, which is easy to do when you're sitting on a podcast in your in your you know booth, but when you're in a live game, you just approved a five hundred dollar payout on blackjack or five hundred dollar buy in on blackjack. You just heard the call, and then you got to come over and you got. Six players staring at you, you know piles of quarters on the layout, and you're trying to do math. Can be a little intimidating and a yeah, little uh, that's pressure, you know pressure cooker. Another reason why it's tough
1: to floor that game because when you're dealing it, you're just constantly dealing in units. You know it's right, right? Versus flooring it, you're you're you know you're doing blackjack, you're doing you know uh, MTL or something or. And then you gotta, like, all of a sudden just be, like, in units mode. Even if they're announcing the units, you still gotta be, like, suddenly, oh, I'm back into units mode again. You know what I mean? And you're not, like... Yeah. You're, you're, you're in and out of units mode, from units to regular casino stuff, back to units over and over again in the course of the night. And that's probably the section I struggled in the most. It's tough. It's tough to... Unless you just have strictly roulette, but that's never really a thing anywhere. Like, where you
0: just only have... What I'll admit about roulette is when there's a wild payout, like like, uh, I can't really think of something off the top of my head, but sometimes payouts get a little wild and the dealer calls it out and they have it sitting there in the layout and you come over and there's six people staring at you and everyone's waiting for you. They've all like, they've all been sitting there for like four or five minutes doing the math together. You know, some players have a calculator and they figured it out and the dealer figured it out. And then you come over and they all expect you to just be like, know it right after they've all took like five minutes to gather together and group figure out the payout um sometimes i'm sitting there i'm trying to figure it out it gets a little it's getting a little long like i'm sitting there you know doing the math It get a little get a little long um sometimes i'll just be like send it and then i'll do the math before you know sure then, yeah. then i'll do the math so that i you i can do the math in peace without everyone staring at me and trying to help me and saying numbers and shit i'll just be like that's right send it and then I'll do the math, and if it's wrong... You can always take it back, it, I guess.
1: Right, and you know, and this this is an interesting thing, too, because, like, you, you size up the dealer's body language, you size up the the, skill, of the deal, skill level of the dealer. When the dealer calls out something confidently enough and you know they're competent, I, I'm just trusting them some of the time, not all the time, you know, telling them to ship it. I can double-check the math, like you said. Um, but yeah, there's definitely been times where, like, you know, and I don't want to slow the game down and I'm not in roulette mode, and you can tell them to ship it, you know, sometimes... They're like, you know, uh, you know, hundred hundred and fifty seven units or hundred and sixty-three uh singles yeah. going out. The you know, the upward inflection, and you're like, okay, yeah, we're not setting yeah, this. Even if it's inflection. yeah, you're like, we gotta go check this, you know, whatever. But uh okay.
0: high inflection at the end of the call out is an instant double check, no matter the amount. Oh, for sure. Okay. For sure. Yep. <laughs> All right, well, we are deep in this one. We're over an hour. I think we should cut it. I had a lot of fun on this podcast. Thank you, BMG09, for the awesome slot machine question. Let's keep those coming in the Discord, guys. MJ, did you have anything else before we send it out?
1: No, just uh, to reiterate, keep the questions and topics coming, guys. It makes us, you know, we love going into stuff, and maybe there's something we're not thinking of or not thinking of covering that's uh, something big we missed, so let us know. Let's get it. All right, everyone. That's a wrap for us. Thanks again. Topics, questions, or suggestions to podcasts at 21tango.com, Spotify, search 21tango podcast, discord links in the show notes. Find us on all the other socials, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, at 21tango or at 21tango podcast. Signing off for Phil, I'm MJ. This is the 21tango pod. Until next time.